Broadcasting from my home office, it's the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast. I am your host, Nate Cross, and in this crazy time that we live in with the coronavirus crisis, let's talk freight. All right, Midnight Freight Broker Nation, I got a little bit of a rundown here today. It's just myself. I had a nice guest here with me the other day, Shua. He was not available today, and everyone's working from home, so it is going to be just my beautiful self here talking with you. So today, we're going to get into an article that Freight Waves released. It's a, uh, it's actually, it's good. It's positive for brokers. It's going to go into some spot rates and how they've been changing. Um, then we're going to get into three really good things that you all can do as freight brokers during this coronavirus crisis. So um, it's not all bad. We're going to try to have a positive spin on what's going on in the world today, and then. The classic Q&A with some trending stuff that's going on on the interwebs. So um, first off, I had to go over a couple sports things. The episode I did the other day, we hadn't really seen all the the crazy moves and signings and and, uh, trades that had come down the pipeline as far as NFL free agency goes. But the big one, and I had been talking about this in previous episodes, is TV12, Tom Brady. So as we all know currently... He did sign with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not exactly sure what Brady saw in that move. I get the whole departure from New England. Um, if I was him, I probably would have just retired, but that's just me. You know, he's he's got the, you know, 20-ish plus years in, in NFL. And, you know, whether or not you like Brady or the Patriots, he probably is the, the GOAT. So a lot of respect there for him. So it'll be interesting to see how – his time with the Bucks goes. As a Bills fan, I will 1,000% say, finally. It's about time the AFC East does not have Tom Brady. Uh, there's been a lot of debate, though, that you know who's responsible for their success. Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Uh, I think they both have an impact on it, um, but we'll see. So with Brady not being there, Vegas is already saying, all the bookies out there already have the Bills favored to win the AFC East. So speaking of the Bills... Bills made a ton of moves. I'm not going to get into all of them. I think the the two big ones that I really liked, um, re-signing Jordan Poyer, huge move right there. He's a huge asset to the team. But even bigger news, Stephon Diggs. I did not see that one coming. I know there was rumors last year. People were tweeting that he was seen in Buffalo at Anchor Bar or whatever wing restaurant, back when restaurants used to be open around here. Um, coronavirus joke right there. But anyway, signing him, there was a ton of draft picks that were given up, and some fans have been a little bit apprehensive to be on board with it. I think it's great, though, because if I'm correct here, I'll have to stat check myself. I believe two of those picks that were traded away were actually gained from a previous trade, so they were just parlayed by McDermott and Brandon Bean and and the crew there. So I like it. Good move. I think Diggs definitely has a lot of time left on the field if he stays healthy and doesn't get hurt or anything like that. I think he's got like another seven or eight years. So um, great job, Buffalo. Definitely looking forward to the season. Curious to see how NFL could be impacted by the coronavirus crisis here. So we did see the XFL canceling the rest of its season. Um, I still have yet to watch an entire game, but I guess with everybody just being at home now, not a whole lot of sports to watch. I can watch some reruns. I, I turned on one of the ESPN channels the other day, and it was legitimately reruns of some college games that probably weren't even that important. So, um, but hey, ESPN's doing their job, keeping us all you know, filled with lots of good past footage to watch. But it leads us to the question of what will we do without sports? 
you know, we've seen the delay of MLB, the cancellation of hockey, which I personally don't even really watch. Um, but I know there's a lot of big fans out there. If the Sabres did better than they have been, uh, maybe I'll change my mind. I'm definitely a self-admitted bandwagon fan when it comes to hockey. So thank you, Buffalo Sabres, for that. But what are we going to do? You know, I'm a big baseball guy. I love to watch my Red Sox and, you know, all the other good teams out there. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how everything pans out here. And in addition to that, even local sports. So whether it's collegiate level or high school, these folks, these kids, aren't, they're not playing anymore. They can't even practice. The, the coronavirus has led to a lot of restrictions when it comes to public gatherings. Obviously, social distancing tends to be the biggest phrase that we're hearing out there now. So it begs a good question. So curious to, to see what everybody thinks. Feel free to leave a comment. And, um, you know, I would love to hear what you think we will do without sports. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a lot of headaches, definitely for bookies, but especially for us sports junkies out there. So anyway, if you are a first-time listener, make sure to check out the, um, the, the review section there. Leave us that review. You can go up to five stars. I've always been trying to get that six-star added in there. They're still not letting us do it. Leave a review. Add the subscription part on there because that will make sure that as soon as we launch – a new episode, you're going to get it right away. It's going to pop up on your iPhone, you know, hopefully at midnight. I'm going to probably release this one early. You know, everyone's probably exhausted from all the craziness going on. We're going to drop this one early tonight, but um, make sure to, to subscribe and definitely refer us out there to, to all your friends, anyone in the industry or anyone that just wants to learn a thing or two about freight and freight brokerage. So, and again, thanks for, thanks for being a loyal fan and following me. All right. So good topic here from freight waves that I wanted to hop into. Freight Waves had an article that came out earlier this week. It was titled Brokers, Spot Rates Escalating Sharply. Um, and I have, I've talked to a handful of brokers over the last few days and specifically this week, and I've asked for what kind of feedback are they personally seeing when it comes to their rates. Um, the majority of agents that I have a relationship with and talk with on a frequent basis operate out of that spot, that spot market. So they're seeing a lot of the same stuff here that Freight Waves is talking about. A lot of increase in the demand of freight to go out. Obviously, there's a, a big demand for retail restocking. So groceries, soap, hand sanitizer, bottled water, electronics. Um, if you look at grocery in, in particular, and the, and the article even hits on it, a lot of produce, right? Some of these facilities will ship out maybe a million pounds in a day. And they're sitting on upwards of 10, 15 million pounds of stock or produce right now waiting to get shipped. So here's a couple of the quotes from the article that I wanted to hit on. This first one is from an actual owner operator. Now, what he said was, and I'll just quote it directly. He says, on Friday, March 13th, Friday the 13th, at around 3 p.m., I got offered $2,350 on about 750 miles out and back to Boise. And the broker was specifically talking about the panic and all the restocking needed. I took the load, and while out at the Winco waiting to get loaded, I heard the guys working there talking about how that day they were shipping out 13 million pounds of product to restock, whereas on a normal day, it was more like a million pounds. They said they were shipping four times the amount of groceries than they do leading up to Thanksgiving. Now, that is, that's huge to me. You know, when, when that demand goes up, we've talked about the supply-demand curve numerous times in the past year. When that demand of shipping goes up and we're not just creating shipper or drivers out of thin air here, you're going to see a huge shift in that spot market. So prices will inevitably go up, right? Now, this is, again, I've talked about this before. When you see increases or decreases, they're not permanent. 
right? They're specific to a certain time. So when it comes to peak season in produce, you're going to see the same thing happen. All right, a couple of other takeaways from the article. It says, wait times at shipper facilities across the country are at 159 minutes, an all-time record and above most carriers' threshold for charging detention times. That's huge. So carriers out there, you're waiting upwards of three hours to get loaded or unloaded. So you, you, you add those two together, you're, you're you know, between five and six hours total on your entire haul. Uh, another thing here, a big takeaway, and this will go into your carrier capacity. It says that truckers may be less willing to drive and receivers may shut down if new infections keep accelerating. Now, this is a part of the economy that I find extremely, extremely crucial. You, you'll hear it on the news. They'll talk about you know medical care and police departments, fire departments, um, basically a lot of governmental and human services are the essential industries out there. And I haven't heard a lot of people talking about logistics and transportation overall. This is huge. I've talked about it before when it comes to wartime and a military strategy. If you want to take your enemy out, cut off their supply chains, right? And I talked about it earlier this week on the podcast here. We're not dumb enough to cut off our own supply chains, right? We would be shooting ourselves in the foot. That's a huge, important takeaway of this entire thing is that we're keeping America moving, right? I've seen people talk about it on Facebook and Twitter and other different social media sources. People were literally saying, I have never been so happy to work in logistics until now. And this is obviously something that we've never seen in our lifetime and even generations up have never seen a shutdown of an entire country the way that we're, we're slowly seeing it happen. But it's very, very important to keep those grocery shelves full, full and stocked and got to make sure our goods are getting from A to B. Even when you look at the, you know, the various government levels from state to federal, looking at the production of the ventilators and the masks and all this stuff, they've got to get produced, but they have to get shipped and they have to get distributed out there. So keeping our trucks moving, brokers are working hard, carriers are working hard, shippers are working hard. Everyone's doing their thing. So so big shout out to everyone out there that's in the industry. Y'all are doing a very, very good job. All right, good article from Freight Waves. Check out the show notes below. I've got a link down there for it. Again, that was from earlier this week. So this is obviously the, the kind of situation where things are changing by the hour and definitely by the day. So stay up to date on the news. The next topic that I've got, and this is a positive one, right? Three good things that brokers can do during the coronavirus crisis, okay? So I know everyone's out there freaking out. You know, I've, I've got my own wife here thinking that we're all infected and we're going to die, but uh, it's not the case. I get it. She's, uh, she's pregnant. We're going to have a baby in a couple weeks here, so it's, a, it's definitely a, a critical time for us. But um, there's a positive in all of this, right? This is a great time. A lot of people are working from home. Uh, this is a great time to take a step back and look at your overall life and find ways to improve yourself. And that can be in a professional standing, maybe physical fitness, even though gyms are closed right now, you can still do a home workout or, you know, to get some burpees done or maybe go for a quick jog outside or whatnot. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can take a step back and, and look at your life and figure out what can I do to better improve myself. So I've got three ways that brokers can do this. Uh, first one is kind of is a, uh, a little hit on the last article we just discussed here is going to be work the spot market. All right. So if you are in a larger brokerage and you're used to a lot of contracted rates and, and you've done a lot of bids and you're getting that, that, um, that repeat business, well, along with spot market going up is going to be rejection 
tender rejections from carriers and things like that. So the spot market is where a lot of freight is, is active and moving right now. So if you're not in the spot market, get into the spot market. Focus your prospecting on that. These shippers have a huge amount of volume of freight to get moved right now. It's a great time to introduce yourself, take advantage of it, and you know don't don't gouge people on pricing. Be realistic. But that being said, take advantage of the opportunity that's out there in front of you. Okay, if you do work in the spot market, work more hours. If you're an independent agent or you're a licensed broker and you can work around the clock, or if you're W two and your employer lets you work around the clock and you don't have a shift relief. Get more time behind the computer and on the phone. Get that freight moved. You know, there's there's more loads out there that can get moved right now. Keep working that spot market. Uh, the second thing that I've got, and this is actually a little uh, financial piece here, is to invest into your retirement. I'm not personally one to time the market or give financial advice. I'm not a financial guru or you know licensed financial advisor by any means. Um, but I can tell you that simple math tells us that if if the market is down and you're investing into your retirement or into anything, you're buying at a discount because it's going to go back up, right? Some some big things to look at here. If you look at the Dow or the S&P, you could see that they've, they've gone down, right? We've seen days where they've gone back up a little bit. But um, two other big times in the last 20 years when we've seen big dips and crises in the, in the U.S. market are going to be 9-11 and then the 08 housing crisis. So in 9-11, and a lot of people probably don't know this stat, and go check for yourself and do the research or just look at like the Dow or the S&P, it took 57 days for the market to get back to where it was before 9-11, right? That was a very, very fast recovery, all right? And remember, you didn't lose money in the last two weeks in the market unless you sold at a loss. This is the time to be putting more into your retirement. All right, we've talked about different retirement options for independent agents, but obviously W-2s and, and whatnot, you, you know what you've got as well. Um, but the other thing too was the 08, the 08 crisis with the housing market. That was more like 12 to 18 months. I don't have the specifics in front of me, but the market will come back. We've seen these dips in the past. Don't freak out. Don't cash out your retirement. This is a great time to set yourself up for success down the road. You're going to see some huge, huge gains, probably the third and fourth quarter of this year when people start getting back out there. They're spending money again. They're at restaurants. They're back at movie theaters. They're back in the gym. They're traveling. You've seen a lot of these industries take a massive, massive hit. They're not dead. It's just a temporary hit that they've taken. And there's a lot of restrictions, obviously, that have affected that. So definitely, definitely invest into your retirement. There's not a better time than now to do so. The third tip that I've got, it's a good thing to do during this crisis, is take a step back, evaluate your business model. Okay, if you are, you know, this is more so for the 1099 and uh, the licensed brokerage owners, you have a lot of control in what you do. If you're W-2, obviously you're employed by somebody. You don't have a whole lot of, of say in what goes on with your company necessarily. But for the 1099s and licensed owners, look at how liquid your business is, right? Look at how recession-proof or crisis-proof your business is. Obviously, transportation is not necessarily going to be um, shut down in this kind of situation, but there's going to be other things that happen down the road that are going to dramatically impact your customers specifically, or even work situations. Look at how a lot of people are working from home right now. Just about everybody. I think today, Governor Cuomo here in New York State required 
all non-essential employees must work from home. So business model as simple as do you have a good, adequate home office setup? And a lot of times as a broker, that just means internet, laptop, cell phone, right? Can I get on those load boards? Can I email my customers? Can I talk to my customers and carriers? All that good stuff. Take a look at that. And the same goes with your employees. If, if you've got employees as an agent or sub-agents or whatever, do they have the good home office set up, okay? And more times than not, agents are usually working from home, so you've got that covered. The smaller licensed brokerages, this is where you have to take a look at that, right? Liquidity is another big part of it as well. So if, you, if your customer is, if you're losing out on liens right now because your customer is not shipping as much because capacity is being held tight by a lot of essential products like grocery and essential medical devices and products and things like that, you've got to know how liquid you are. How long can you handle a blow to your business like this? And that's where a thing like retained earnings comes in hand. How much liquid capital do you have? How long can you stay afloat? Do you have people that are W-2 that maybe should be 1099, right? Where they're contract-based. So you're not necessarily paying them a wage when a lot of their business is dependent on their own sales. You can put them on 1099 where they're going to, you know, they're going to be work hard, play hard and make a lot of money when business is good, but they're also going to feel that when it comes to tight times like right now. And it's going to encourage them to prospect more, get new business and get as much additional business out of existing customers as they can. So recap of those three things, work that spot market, invest in that retirement, do not cash it out and evaluate your business model. All right, trending and social media. So naturally, uh, you would think that there's a lot of stuff out there about COVID-19, a lot of questions and, and gossiping about that. I tried to pull some non, really some non-related stuff that's more generic, so it's relevant to everybody at all times. So first question I've got, uh, the user says, it wasn't even a question. It was a statement. Said, this is actually coronavirus related. So I guess I bite my tongue there. He says, haul the necessities and demand high rates. And he goes on a big rant saying why you should do that. Uh, basically saying to price gouge and things like that because the demand is so high right now and you can get so much money out of them. I will tell you, supply demand, it's going to affect the rates overall. Yes. And you should be getting a fair rate. Is it time to gouge and potentially put people out of business? Some people are going to do that. If you've got ethics like myself and a lot of the brokers out there, don't do that. Play fair. Don't overly take advantage of a situation, right? And this guy's just, he's telling you, do whatever you can. I'm not going to read the whole post. It's up there on Facebook, but basically saying, do whatever you can to screw everybody and get as much money in your pocket. We don't want to do that. Shippers, brokers, and carriers, we all need each other in this industry. It's a supply chain. So do the right thing. Don't demand the highest rates possible that's, you know, gouging or anything like that, do it fairly, see what's out there, talk to other people in the industry, find out what they're, you know, ask what they're seeing and what they're living through when it comes to rates and fluctuations. It's going to change every day, you know, especially based on location and, and industry that you work in. So I would say that get paid what you're worth and don't take advantage, especially when it comes to things like detention and stuff like that. Everyone has to play their part. There's going to be delays when it comes to the, uh, you know, loading and unloading facilities right now. And customers are probably not just going to start opening their checkbook and paying you because it was a minute over, you know, be a little bit flexible here, do your part. All right, good. The next one, Amanda asks, how can I increase my carrier network? Um, 
this is kind of broad. I'm not sure if she is a, an agent or maybe she has a new brokerage and she's trying to figure out. I think that one of the best ways to do this is, you know, to, to get carriers, first of all, you want to have a good credit rating as a brokerage. You want to have good days to pay. Uh, if you're brand new, I don't really have a whole lot of advice for you. It's very, very difficult. There's a big hurdle to get into the industry as a brand new licensed brokerage. Um, but getting your name out there when it comes to, uh, you know, posting stuff on boards where a lot of folks, a lot of carriers will see your business, that's good. Um, another thing too is ask for people to refer you. If you've got a good carrier, right, ask them to refer you just casually in conversation with any other carriers that they work with. Okay. That goes with anything. Referrals are, they're amazing. They're probably one of the best ways to, to grow your image and improve your overall business volumes and, and things of that nature. So, um, definitely utilize the load matching tools, DAT and truck stop that are out there. Um, ask for referrals, do a good job also, because people will want to work with you if you do a good job. Another way I've, I've seen this in the past and I've talked about this is to use a marketing campaign. So if you've got access to a database of a lot of carriers and you can break them down by um, their region or state that they work in, their equipment type, if you've got a project coming up and Amanda might be asking because of this reason, maybe she's trying to get a big cast a wide net for carriers to grow that network so she can get coverage for a specific project, use a campaign like an emailing campaign or something like that where you can reach these folks, letting them know what you have available and you, you know, the wider net you cast, the more results you're going to have. So be creative, use the tools that are out there to get your name out there. And obviously, like I said, the, uh, the load matching and freight matching, uh, sites like load boards, those are going to be great, especially in the, the here and now, um, last one. So this is from a, a man named LTAF. He says, a broker refuses to give me pickup and delivery addresses. Why? And he goes on and he kind of explains that they don't want to give it to him right away when he's getting tendered the load. Very good reason for this. This is kind of simple. comes down to back solicitation and fraud. Okay. So this is something that's very, very common is to post a load based on the origin and destination city-state combo and then tell that carrier, uh, hey, call me when you're dispatched and when you're you know, 30, 60 minutes out and I'll give you the specific location and address and name, all that good stuff and phone number. All right. That does a couple things that will prevent. And same thing for delivery that will prevent a load from being held hostage on delivery. It will also help a carrier from back soliciting that load right to your customer by saying, Hey, that address. Oh, that's so-and-so, right? I'm just going to call them directly and tell them that, you know, I'm available and get that load for cheaper. That way you're cutting the broker out. That is exactly why a broker will, hold off on giving you that pickup and delivery address until the adequate time. So typically, like I said, 30 to 60 minutes before pickup and same thing for delivery. Now, that'll change when you have a good established rapport and relationship with a carrier and you're doing a lot of repeat business with them. So obviously, carriers and brokers, we need each other. And if you could build a long-term relationship and get that repeat usage going, that's going to be good long-term. You're not waiting there to get that address and all that good stuff. But hey, that's, you know, that's something that goes with building up a relationship with somebody. That, that trust is not just given right away. It is earned over time. So uh, good questions, good topics. 
Um, final thoughts, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there that, that's dealing with the coronavirus right now. Um, obviously, there there will be a lot of people that are getting sick, and we're going to see fatalities, and it's a sad, sad thing. And um, the best thing that we can do is, you know, take the advice that's given to us and practice that social distancing, and hopefully we can, as they say, flatten that curve and and try to minimize, you know, what's happening out there. We don't want to be the next Italy, that's for sure. So personally, I think we should have been taking some of these measures three weeks ago, but, you know, that's why I'm not a politician and I work in logistics. So everyone's got an opinion, <laughs> myself included. Um, stay safe out there. Don't get too bored. Take the extra time you've got in your, in your downtime. Read a book, you know, write a blog, start a podcast. Who knows? You could do a whole lot of things out there. So and thanks for listening. And uh, like, like I always like to say here, go Bills. That wraps up this episode of the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes below for links to the articles that I had discussed today. Leave us a review, and we'll see you on the next episode. Check, check, testing one, two, Midnight Freight Broker.